You're listening to Allied Health Podcast, talking all things Allied Health, with your hosts Danielle Whedon, physiotherapist, and Claire Jones, occupational therapist. Today we're joined by Emma G, an occupational therapist and stroke survivor who has rare insight into life as a patient and as a therapist. Emma's a compelling example of what it takes to step into another's shoes and truly bounce back to life. Emma is one of Australia's acclaimed inspirational speakers, offering her thoughts and solutions on resilience and personal and person-centered care. Emma's services include keynote presentations, workshops, and consulting. Emma is also a published author, having written her own memoir titled Reinventing Emma. Thank you for joining us, Emma. Thank you. Can you tell us a bit about your healthcare background and your story of surviving a stroke and recovery? Yeah, so um, I was working full-time as an occupational therapist at Royal Melbourne Hospital and I um, was living independently, renting with friends. Um, I was a marathon runner, so I um, was a very active person. And long story short, I was admitted to hospital with a running injury and they found a malformation in my brainstem called an arteriovenous malformation, which I was born with. So it was a congenital form uh, but quite risky where it was located. And um, I decided to have an elective craniotomy to remove this malformation. Um, it was a really risky procedure. And unfortunately, the surgeon made a mistake and um, accidentally cut the AVM in half and the residual AVM bled. And I had a stroke and went into a coma. So that for me um, was um, a very um, confronting, um, grueling experience being a a really active person, a health provider and suddenly a recipient of the services that I provided and I remember waking from that coma, I couldn't speak, I couldn't swallow, I couldn't blink. I couldn't walk properly. Um, I was very trapped. And so, yeah, that was the beginning of my life as a person with disability and um, underwent months of rehabilitation and relearning to do everything again. And really, um, I guess, as a therapist, had my um, really, really struggle with that um rebuilding um, a new identity and merely being the patient and not the therapist. And so I took on, um, as I was so physically trapped, um, more of an observational role um, throughout my recovery, which extends, I guess, is ongoing to today. Um, yeah, but 17 years later, in relearning to speak again, I have, um, um, I began my own speaking business, um, where I run workshops and, um, keynotes and go to conferences and travel. Um, and now I'm mentoring really to share my experience, my joy insight of what I guess I could, um, draw on from my own experience and my own observations 
And then, yeah, because of the taxing nature of that began my own book um, where I could reach a wider group of people. Yeah, so that is, a, in a nutshell, what I've gone through. Emma, that's a very, um, it's a very unique, and I say story, being an allied health professional yourself um, and you were working in, in neuro and with stroke patients, is that right? Yeah, so I was, yeah, working in, um, you know, rehabilitation to really stroke survivors themselves. So, um, yeah, I very, uh, uh, um, I definitely, when I reflect on my experiences, had that, um, you know, I was fortunate I could play a little of what I'd practised as an occupational therapist. Mm my own recovery and to this day you know everything I do um I'm now um on a I've lost so many deficits like I have a double vision so I can't um I'm legally blind in one eye I wear glasses I'm in a walking frame but um and I have chronic pain so a lot of um what I learned as a therapist I guess it has enabled me to adapt my own realm um, and navigate or, in a way, mitigate a lot of the obstacles that I do encounter. Mm. So, um, yeah, so it's ongoing. Emma, do you think um, do you think being a therapist and having some um, having trained as an OT helped you in your insight into your you know brain injury, or do you do you feel yeah, was it helpful in your recovery? Initially, I would say um, it was, yeah, as I said, full quite confronting and for myself and those around me. Um, and um, I didn't feel the confidence or had that lived experience of being um, in my disability realm to really, um, to really practice, I guess, what I'd preached. Um, but I think it really having that um that background as an OT really shaped how I could apply and adapt my own realm and also um better understand how others um really um deliver their services and their intentions around um how they do things and mm. why they do things and so I could understand their mentality, but I also suddenly realised um, from my own lived experience the, the huge um, um, discrimination that exists in, in society and in, in the health sector, particularly uh, when delivering services and how we can really draw on that person um, to shape their recovery and the outcomes of how we deliver things. Mm. Emma, that's a beautiful segue into my next question. Um, you've written your own book titled uh, Reinventing Emma, which is uh, an amazing feat. Um, can you tell our therapy listeners a bit about the book and, and why, why in particular it's a, it's a valuable read um, for any therapist? Yeah, so I think, um, Claire, when I, um, as I said to you, I was very trapped and I couldn't speak, so I became uh, 
observed a lot that was going around for years. And then eight years later on, when I was emotionally able to really revisit those diary entries, which I'd really written to unleash what was trapped inside of my body, um, I decided to um, really go back and sift through and collect um, my my book um, to hopefully um, educate other people in delivering services, but also, um, I guess, empower those that are in a difficult circumstance themselves. So I think um, it was my way of really drawing on what I'd experienced, hopefully um, enable other, um, you know, every, you know, the experience of other people. Um, I think it really hopefully does provide therapists to see things through my vocational client lens yeah. um, that hopefully educates them on things that they perhaps can't see mm. and therefore unintentionally or inadvertently overlook. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it also gives the therapists and other readers of Jinji to see um, I guess the perspective of others going through certain challenges yeah. that the stroke didn't just happen to me. So I guess in my book I've deliberately attempted to weave in other people's perspectives, mm-hmm. whether it's my twin sister or my doctor, to really give that holistic approach. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, I, it, I was going to say, Emma, it's very easy in the um, hospital and rehab environment to um, get quite focused on um, treatment pathways and protocols and length of stay even um, and and forget the the person-centered approach yeah. to therapy in those environments definitely and I think there's so much focus on those, you know, the development of new stuff, um, new resources and, you know, being understaffed and not mm. enough time to be first and centred. Mm. But what matters to a person is not what is is tapped into. And so the the energy um, and the focus shift of, yeah, you know, building a flow and trust and, um really focusing on those skills that are really important to a person how we can value their experience and their worth more. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully mean they can feel they want to disclose information mm-hmm. and we can um, build trust with them. So that um, I, I think it's, yeah, it's very easy to justify why we're not um as good as what we could be and as person-centred as possible, mm. but thinking of ways that we can do that now, we can really tap into that experience and and yeah. enhance all our services. Yeah. Um, you know, focusing on building um, real quality therapeutic relationships um, to get to, to achieve the best results. Yeah. 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 And I think the um, shift, thankful, I think now, Definitely there's a shift on the importance of drawing on that lived experience and and being and the importance of equality and diversity and accessibility and inclusion and co-design and all those yeah. words. Yeah. Um, um 
but really basically the importance of that collaborative approach and how we can enhance. Yeah. Not just um, our thing in all disciplines and all sports, how we can really work together. It's so siloed. Mm-hmm. And just coming back to the book, Emma, um, how can we purchase the book? Yeah, so my book is available on my website, www.emma-gee.com. And yeah, it's available in ebook or paperback format. Excellent. Um, so you're often in, you mentioned it before, but you're often um, engaged in advisory committees and give lived experience reviews on new equipment and projects and other resources while working directly with health professionals. Can you tell us a bit more about this, Emma? Yeah, um, I'm involved in so many different committees and projects. Basically, um, like I know today, I'm um, partaking a, a quality advisor committee that looks at equipment provision and improving design and access and usability and navigation of um, different things. I know that... Um, so it might be a piece of equipment or a website or um, a project, how we can really, I can share my dual insight and um, really improve um, the, the ultimate outcome. So that today I'm working with um, a group of engineers and, and universities who are funding that. Um, but I also am working on another committee where where I'm working with architects and researchers and other health professionals to really co-design the project about developing and designing um, um, rehab facilities. So, um, um, yeah, it really varies a lot what I, I would I am doing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So you've already touched on it, but I was about to say it's not just health professionals you work with. You work with in other sectors like engineering and universal design, but in also in that resilience and diversity inclusion space. So I'm um, actually presenting. I'm working on a keynote for a girls' school where I'm working at um, resilience. So more that it's not what happens to you angle. It's it's not what happens to you. It's how you choose to deal with that. Um, so I work with a lot of non-health businesses about looking at how they can be more resilient and inject diversity into their workplaces. So, um, yeah, I do a range of, I'm very passionate about working in the health sector, given my background. So I do lots of um, keynotes and workshops in that space. But, yeah, very love. I love that, they, you know, the importance of universal design mm-hmm. and really tapping into that sector too. So, Emma, in summary, just talking about your services, so you've got your advisory services, um, you do mentoring as well, is that right? Yeah, so I think this is yeah, another um, opportunity that really evolved when um, COVID stopped me working face-to-face Um it was quite a disheartening experience, I think, for a lot of people that you suddenly thought you weren't involved anymore. But I discovered there are other ways and probably less taxing ways of still contributing my experiences. Um, 
um, way that I guess just like my physical limitations, I could still um, continue to advocate and empower. Um, so, yeah, whether it's face-to-face or group sharing my, um, my insights to enhance their services. So I do package mentoring for organisations, for their staff, and also individual sessions, especially uni students, uni students or new grads um, who really benefit from that time out and a safe place to really reflect on their practices, mm. to really stop and, I guess, um, brainstorm ways they can really optimise their care and clarify what they're doing and how they can do it better and incorporate their lived experience. Um, you know, I, I really learned um, that working in that fast-paced environment, that it's not often that we had the opportunity to stop and reflect in our practice mm. um, and improve our critical thinking and generate learnings and, and gain more understanding about what we're doing and So I love um, this space of really um, helping facilitate this and improving our care. Mm-hmm. Our therapy, uh, our therapy listeners, and I will. A lot of them are working in um, not even neurospecific, but in disability. So, with the growth yeah. of the with the growth of the NDIS in the last few years, a lot of them, um, you know, would really benefit from your services in terms of um, you know working in assistive technology areas and that sort of thing as well. Yeah. And I know certainly my first and ongoing experience of the huge obstacles I faced through um, going through schemes like the NDIS, um, working out how I as a participant can um, adapt my own environment and hopefully learn that streamlined ways that people can navigate that process. So it's an ongoing um, learning journey for me that hopefully um, make things easier for others in the future so I I love that um yeah the the continual learning goes on Mm, goes on and um how can our listeners get in touch with you Emma yeah so um um through my website the contact form um on www.emma-gee.com um yeah, through the Excellent. We'll direct them to your website as well. So thanks so much for talk, taking the time to talk Very to us fun. and share your story, Emma. Um, and a reminder to our listeners that you can reach out directly to Emma to find out a heap more about her services. Thank you. Thanks, Emma. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Allied Health Podcast. In the show's notes, you'll find links to our free recruitment resources, job opportunities and healthcare marketplace insights. To listen to new episodes, please subscribe via Apple, Google, or wherever you find your favourite podcasts. And if you've enjoyed the show, please give it a five-star rating and review, and be sure to tell your therapy colleagues and friends to tune in. Listener.